RTHK News. It's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, travel industry leaders say the sector will be close to collapse unless a government loan scheme continues beyond this month. Police say a cross-boundary crackdown on triads has seen thousands of people arrested and the head of Hong Kong's Paralympic delegation says it's not fair to compare cash awards given to medalists to those received by Olympians. A group of travel agencies and coach operators has warned that the industry won't survive much longer without more support from the authorities. Violet Wong reports. In an open letter to the chief executive, Carrie Lam, the companies asked for an extension to a loan guarantee scheme which allows them to pay only the interest on their debt. The scheme is due to finish at the end of this month and the group says if it doesn't continue, the struggling industry will collapse immediately as companies won't be able to repay loans. It also asked for a subsidy of $30,000 for every coach a business owns. Meanwhile, the group wants the authorities to introduce a health code system like the one used on the mainland. They say they hope this will allow for the resumption of cross-border travel. Hong Kong police say they've arrested 2,300 people in their annual anti-triad operation with colleagues in Macau and Guangdong province. About 5,500 people were arrested across the three territories. About 2,000 venues were raided, including illicit gambling venues and bars, as well as vice dens. Chief Superintendent Wong Fai from the Organised Crime and Triad Bureau said the operation had also given out about 3,000 fixed penalties to people who flouted a ban on gatherings. He urged the public to stay away from places that could get them into trouble. There is not such a particular type of crime that has been on the rise, but I would also like to appeal to all the uh, citizens of Hong Kong because you'll notice the issuance of those fixed penalty tickets for violation of CAP 599. I, I, I won't say it's on the rise, but uh, there was uh, quite a big number. The head of the Hong Kong delegation to the Tokyo Paralympics says it's hard to compare the prize money awarded to Paralympic medal winners and Olympians because the nature of their sports is different. Botcher athlete Leung Yuk Wing said his silver medal winning team in the mixed pair BC4 event would have to share an $800,000 award, while an Olympic team would have shared $5 million for the same achievement. Delegation Chief Elaine Wu said on an RTHK programme that she hopes sports for people with disabilities will attract more financial support as they become more better known. A Football World Cup qualifier between Brazil and Argentina has been suspended minutes after kick-off as health officials and police arrived on the pitch to detain and deport four Argentine players accused of breaching Covid quarantine rules. The four Argentine players, Los Celso, Romero, Martinez and Buendia, play in the English Premier League. Sports journalist Andrew Downey is in Brazil. It appears that the Argentine team, they thought that the same protocols that were used during the Copa America in June and July were in place. And that allowed them to come and go from Brazil uh, and to compete without having to quarantine. However, the Brazilian authorities said that no, the Argentines, when they came in, the four players who played in England, and of course England is one of the four states where they say if you've been in England uh, during the previous 14 days, you have to quarantine in Brazil because of the Delta variant. They said that the, these four players had filled in the forms wrong. They had not said that they'd been in England, that they tried to mislead the authorities. And because of that, they needed to take action because they should have been in quarantine. We'll have more sport later on. 
The Premier of New South Wales says modelling shows that the Australian state's COVID-19 outbreak will reach its peak in the next week. Speaking after receiving a shipment of Pfizer vaccines that arrived in a swap arrangement with Britain, Gladys Berejiklian said pressure on the health system would continue to increase for the time being. According to the modelling that I've received, uh, we're likely to reach a peak in cases in the next week or so. Uh, that's what the modelling tells us, and therefore a likely peak in intensive care beds required uh, around um, early to mid-October. So that's what the best modelling tells us at this stage, but I do want to qualify that by saying that a number of variables are associated with that modelling. The state and neighbouring Victoria remain on lockdown. The restrictions affect more than half of Australia's 25 million residents. This weekend marked a thousand days since two Canadian men were detained in China, accused of espionage. Michael Coveridge and Michael Spaver, often referred to simply as the two Michaels, were picked up days after Canada carried out a US arrest warrant against Meng Wanzhou, a senior executive of the Chinese tech giant Huawei. Since then, Michael Spaver, a consultant, has been sentenced to 11 years in prison for spying. Michael Kovrig, a former diplomat who was working for the International Crisis Group, is still waiting to hear the verdict in his case. But three days ago, the Global Times accused the two men of working together to steal state secrets. A march has been held in the Canadian capital, Ottawa, to mark their time in detention and call for their release. Michael Kovrig's wife, Vina Najibullah, is in Ottawa. She responded to the Global Times article. They don't change anything for us. For a thousand days, we've known why Michael has been detained, that his and uh, Michael Spavor's fates are linked to what's happening in Vancouver, the extradition process. And our focus must remain on finding a resolution to that case and to finally bringing Michael and Michael Spavor home. They are being unjustly held for no other reason than being Canadian. And that has to come to an end. The United Nations humanitarian chief Martin Griffiths has been meeting Taliban leaders in the Afghan capital, Kabul, where he urged them to protect all civilians, especially women, girls and minorities. The BBC's David Bamford reports. A photograph published by the Taliban on Sunday shows the movement's founding father, Mullah Abdul Ghani Baradar, and other Taliban figures meeting the head of the UN humanitarian agency. The mullah, who was previously head of the Taliban political commission in Doha, has become the public face of the leadership, while the supreme leader, Mullah Habitullah Akhundzadeh, remains in the shadows. Martin Griffiths tweeted that he had assured the Taliban that the humanitarian community remained committed to delivering impartial assistance, and the Taliban had assured him that aid workers would not be impeded from doing their work. The families of victims of the MHA... MH17 air disaster will testify for the first time at the murder trial being held in the Netherlands. Three Russians and a Ukrainian national are accused of shooting down the Malaysian Airlines plane over rebel-held eastern Ukraine seven years ago. All 298 people on board the Boeing 777 died. Russia has denied any involvement. Here's the BBC's Anna Holligan. More than 90 relatives will testify over the course of 10 days dedicated to ensuring the enormity of their loss is reflected. Today, this case has been dominated by discussions about the surface-to-air missile, the four fugitive suspects and the geopolitical ramifications. Now it turns to the people at the heart of this. Hans de Boer's only child was on board flight MH17. He told me it was about bringing some form of justice to the people whose futures were destroyed. 
Other families will testify in person or remotely via live video links or recordings. The storage limits for frozen eggs, sperm and embryos could rise to a maximum of 55 years under UK government plans to give people greater choice over when to start a family. The BBC's Frankie McCamley has more details. Doctors argue that the current 10-year limit after which prospective parents must decide whether to undergo fertility treatment or have the cells destroyed is too restrictive. Research from the Royal College of Obstetricians has suggested that modern freezing techniques can result in eggs being stored indefinitely without deterioration. Under the new system, prospective parents would be given the option to keep or dispose of frozen sex cells or embryos at 10-year intervals. Conjoined twins from Israel have seen each other for the first time after undergoing rare separation surgery. The BBC's Olivia Noon has that story. The one-year-old sisters, who were born conjoined at the back of their heads, underwent a 12-hour operation at the Soroka Medical Centre in Beersheba. The hospital said that the surgery took months of preparation and involved dozens of experts from Israel and abroad. Prior to the surgery, a team of doctors used virtual reality to simulate the procedure. It's the first time such an operation, which is only being conducted 20 times worldwide, has been performed in Israel. New research funded by the UK government has identified an operation trying to influence Western opinion using a deliberate strategy of attaching comments to online news articles that support Russia's point of view. The researchers from Cardiff University say that 32 prominent media websites across 16 countries have been targeted. The BBC's Gordon Carrera reports. A recent Daily Mail story about the Taliban's victory in Afghanistan featured 2,500 comments from the public. But researchers at Cardiff say some were part of an organised Russian campaign. A small number of these comments were then used to create a Russian news article, headlined, The British have compared the rise of the Taliban to power with the end of Western civilization." This, researchers say, was one of 18 recent stories on Afghanistan produced using reader comments in the UK and US, which supported Russia's narrative about the end of liberal democracy and NATO's failure. In financial news, the parent company of defunct newspaper Apple Daily has announced that all of its directors have resigned. Joanne Wong reports. In a stock exchange filing, Next Digital says the four members of its board of directors, including Chairman Ip Yat Kin, are stepping down to protect shareholders, creditors, employees and former employees. The directors say they've concluded that an orderly liquidation would serve the best interests of shareholders, creditors, staff and other stakeholders. They say that they've been banned from approving payments for creditors and staff and hope that the government will allow liquidators to do so. The company added that the trading of its shares will continue to be suspended until further notice. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,047. That's 145 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $87 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.80 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 18 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 76 cents. Back to sports now and at the US Open tennis, Dan Daniel Medvedev cruised into the last eight after a straight sets win over Dan Evans. On the women's side, Canada's Leila Fernandez and Ukraine's Elena Spitolina have made it into the women's quarterfinals. Svitolina won in straight sets over Simona Halep. 
Fernandez needed three sets to beat Angelique Kerber, but the teenager said she was delighted to get past the 2016 champion. Yeah, I I did have to pinch myself a little bit to see that I was that it actually happened, but like I said that I knew that my tennis my level of tennis is there is just the moment of time opportunity and I'm glad that I was able to get this opportunity now. In football, the Euro 2020 champions Italy were held nil-nil by Switzerland in Group C of European qualifying. The Italians set a world record of going 36 international games unbeaten. In Group I, England were 4-0 winners over Andorra at Wembley with two goals from Jesse Lingard. England boss Gareth Southgate made 11 changes to the squad from his previous match. The players that we played, a lot of them are young and, and emerging. They weren't quite able to find the spaces and, and create the, you know, the clear chances that Jack and Harry and Mason in particular for the, the, you know, the combination between Jack and Mason for the penalty. And I thought Jesse actually was, was excellent all game. In Group B, Spain defeated Georgia 4-0. Kosovo and Greece drew one all. In Group C, Gareth Bale scored a hat-trick to help Wales beat Belarus. More from the BBC's Andy Varwell. The Wales captain Gareth Bale scored a hat-trick to help his nation to a 3-2 success away to Belarus in Group E. Two came from the penalty spot, the winner coming in the third minute of added time. But Belgium topped that same group now by six points from the Czech Republic, who they defeated 3-0. In Group J, Germany, they put six goals past Armenia. Iceland came back from 2-0 down to draw 2-2 with North Macedonia. In the top team event in women's golf, the Solheim Cup, the holders Europe lead by nine points to seven away to the United States. The BBC's Ian Carter reports from Toledo, Ohio. A thrilling afternoon session ended with a vital half for Europe that gives them a two-point advantage. Jennifer Kupcho had chipped in at the 17th to put her and Lisette Salas one up with one to play in the final game on the course. But Mel Reed, partnering the unbeaten Leona Maguire, made a brilliant birdie to secure the crucial half for the visitors. Charlie Hull and Emily Pedersen and Carlotta Segander and Nana Kurtz-Madsen had added important wins after the Americans had drawn level by winning the top match. Fortunes fluctuated all day, but Europe now hold a precious lead to take into the closing singles. In cycling, Slovenia's Primoz Roglic has won Spain's prestigious Vuelta a España for the third time in a row after claiming victory in the final stage. Roglic, the Olympic time trial champion, beat second place Magnus Court Nielsen by 14 seconds and became only the third rider to win a third Vuelta. Roglic won by 4 minutes 42 seconds overall. Spain's Enric Mars and Australian Jack Haig completed the podium. Quick look at the weather, mainly fine, very hot, cloudier later with a few showers and isolated thunderstorms. Currently the observatory, 32 degrees Celsius, relative humidity 68%. Please be advised the thunderstorm warning and very hot weather warning, they're both in force. That's the news of sports and weather from RTHK. Thanks, Todd. Good afternoon, this is James Ross. In for Noreen for this afternoon only. And starting with some very sad news.
Sad news that uh, Girls Aloud member Sarah Harding has passed away at the age of uh, 39. Um, suffering from cancer. Of course, the girls got together way back in the early 2000s when they're all part of a, a talent show in the UK. And following on from that, they had. 20 hit singles, so condolences uh, to all the remaining members of Girls Aloud. R.I.P. Sarah.